Worship is not singing a song. It's part of it. But listen, worship at its core is living a life that honors Him. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Morning, y'all. You guys doing all right? Awesome. Hey, um, listen, let me just kind of maybe encourage you guys in something today. You know, obviously sometimes there's, um, let me back up. You know, how many guys know we live in a day and age where basically society is being used greatly by the enemy to tear us down and to make us feel like we're worthless and we have no purpose and, uh, you know, basically, in essence, trying to rob us of our identity in God? How many of you guys know that's true? And so, you, you know, I would say, you know, out of all the songs we sing, you know, there's probably, I'd say, maybe if I had to take a top five that I wish we would grab a hold of, it would be that uh, really the last full song that we sang there, that I am no victim. And, uh, you know, just simply today, if I can encourage you before we, you know, begin to preach and all that stuff, that, man, just a reminder, man, you're not a victim. You're a child of God. He has a purpose. He has a plan for your life, and that plan is good, right? That God has, listen, that God has been good to us and that he's blessed us. And if we think uh, opposite of that, we need to recognize that the enemy is trying to steal something from us, right? And we need to, in essence get our minds right and get our hearts right and begin to fight for what God has given us through the cross. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's pray and, uh, and we'll shift gears. So Father, we thank you just for today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity just to come in your house and to worship you. Uh, Lord, it's really not about if we get all the words right, if we play the right thing. God, it's really just about loving you. And so, Lord, today we just thank, we're thankful for the opportunity just to be real and be authentic and just be, just be people who just genuinely care about you and love you. God, people who are grateful for what you've done for us. It's so, the Holy Spirit, I'm just asking today that you would come with your presence and that you would settle on every heart here today, God, and that you would begin to open eyes, open ears, and uh, just begin to speak loud and speak clear today. God, if nothing else, just encourage us today and remind us of everything that you've done. And so, Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We don't want to be here unless you're here. So just thank you for the anointing and thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, 10 years ago, uh, a young man that I'm really close to named Cameron, he decided to get what I would consider uh, a very large tattoo on the, on the inside of his bicep, right? And uh, basically, he decided to do that for his 19th year old birthday. Now, going back then, at that time, that, you know, getting a tattoo was a new process for Cameron. He didn't really know a whole lot about it, uh, so he did what I would call a pretty smart thing. He, he found a friend that knew how to do it, and uh, it's one of our friends' name. Not, no, I wasn't going there, but anyway, so anyways, uh, it's one of our buddies named Yogi, and he asked Yogi to go with him. So the two of those guys, both of them young bucks, they, uh, they went down to the tattoo shop, and they spent some time looking at, uh, you know, the, the work of different artists, and and uh, after a while, Cam decided, man, that's the fella that I want, uh, you know, to put a tattoo on my body. Listen, I'm not really for tattoos. I'm not really against them. So don't, don't get religious on me, all right? It's, that's not the point of the story. I, I feel the atmosphere going, take it easy, relax. It's okay. All right. So li- listen, uh, because, because Cam decided to get a word 
tattooed on his body, I guess, according to custom. I don't, you know, I don't have them. I got plenty of scars. I don't need tattoo. But I, I guess a, according to a custom, uh, he had to write down the word so the artist would know exactly how Cameron wanted the word spelt. And so Cam took the piece of paper and, uh, that he was given and he wrote out this word. He wrote R I G H T E. O-U-S-N-E-S-S. That's right. He picked a 13-letter word uh, that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that would, would remind him that he has been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So watch this. So after Cam filled out the form, you know, the artist went in the back and he drew up a design and he came back out and, and, and he showed Cameron and, and Cameron's excitement. Uh, he didn't get too caught up in the details. He just liked the, 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 the design and he was pumped. And, uh, you know, so anyway, so fast forward, uh, you know, if you know Cam, that's anyways, whatever. Cam's, uh, you know, now sitting in the chair and he's just chit-chatting it up, you know, as the fellow went to work. And, and so once again, it's, it's Cam, the tattoo artist and my man Yogi, right? And, and so anyways, so he's sitting there and the guy goes R I G H T it's looking pretty good E O U N E S S and it was at that point my man Yogi who was sitting right beside Cam watching uh, he just texted him as a good brother would he said bro uh, he he spelt the tattoo wrong Cam immediately looked down at his arm and, and he read off R-I-G-H-T-E-O-U-N-E-S-S. The artist forgot the S, right? The moral of the story, kids. No, okay. Anyway, so <laughs> listen, as, as Cam sat there in silence, you know, once again, he, he, he said all he could think about was this, man, I'm going to have uh, a word on my body that is misspelt for the rest of my <laughs> life. And all again, it, it was rightionis, right? <laughs> rightionis. <laughs> so, you know, thankfully, Cam, you know, once again, 19 years old, new experience, worked up the courage uh, to point out the mishap. Hey, bro, you spelt the word wrong. And after uh, much deliberation, uh, they finally admitted their mistake. And they said, hey, man, we'll fix it at uh, no cost to you. And so if you've ever been in there, you know how what it takes to get something fixed three painful scrapings later. Uh, you know, to get it back, you know, whatever, to where the S should have began, uh, they fixed it and made it like it should look. And Cam's really pumped about that massive tattoo on his left bicep. Anyways, so to be clear today, listen, I don't have any deep spiritual reason to tell you that story. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I just, I guess I'm just telling that story for two reasons. Number one, first of all, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, in the near future, I'm planning on having a word tattooed on my body. Once again, not really my thing, but man, please, for your own sake, choose a tattoo artist that can spell correctly. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, listen, I know what you're thinking, man, that's incredible. Listen, there's really n absolutely no, you know, no reason to thank me for that deep insight. I mean, I'm just saying it's, uh, it's completely free. Take it, be blessed, go on your way, right? So anyways, secondly, here's why I'm sharing it really, I guess, is because I feel today impressed to talk to you about not writing on this, but righteousness, okay? Uh, I want to talk to you today about righteousness. And, you know, that is a that is a, a significant word, a significant subject in the Bible. And, uh, you know, I keep, I've kept telling the Lord this week, because all I really saw was that word. And I kept telling the Lord, Lord, that's a big old subject. What, what do you want me to say? And uh, he didn't say nothing else. So uh, today I'm going to give you my best of what I, what I think I should say. But 
Hopefully, Cam's, uh, you know, story, a fellow human being, right? Uh, brother had a painful and embarrassing experience to help you remember what we're going to talk about. Anyways, so Cam, if you listen to this later, thanks, bro, for taking one for the team. All right, here we go. All right, so... Once again, if we realize it or not, man, righteousness is an extremely important theme throughout the Bible. For example, the word righteousness or some variation of it, such as righteousness, uh, is found in the Bible over 550 times. That's pretty significant. And uh, so with that in mind, I want to look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And I actually want to read it out of the Passion Translation. I like the way it reads. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. He said this, he said, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ, right? Most of us know the verse, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? For it's the power of God. But it goes on to say this in the Passion Translation. It says, for I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved. The Jew first and then people everywhere. Verse 17 is really the reason I want to read this. He says, this gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to power, to the power of living by faith. That is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Now, look, clearly there are, um, you know, there's a lot of truths slam-packed in that two verses right there, right? Uh, but there's really only one particular truth that I want to focus on at this moment. We'll get to the rest of it maybe in a second. But, but, I, but I personally find it really, really interesting that out of all the different aspects of God's nature that, uh, that the gospel reveals that the apostle Paul chose to point out his righteousness. And what I mean by that is this, think about it, that Paul could have easily said that the gospel unveils the continuing uh, love of God, he could have said that the gospel continually reveals God's mercy. He could have said that it reveals the grace of God. And, and the truth is, is each one of those uh, would have been absolutely true and sufficient. If you know that's true, say yeah. yeah. But listen, he didn't write that, did he? He said uh, the gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. And I'm saying that, I guess maybe today, if I could add a point there is because it seems like the church where we live in today only wants to focus on the other three. And they say that that's the gospel, but that's not what Paul said. He said the gospel reveals God's righteousness. So listen, before we look at why he chose that word, uh, let's answer this question first. Okay. When the Bible says that God is righteous, and it says that again and again, it says it plenty, uh, what does that really mean, okay? If you, if you don't grab a hold of anything today, maybe grab a hold of this, okay? Obviously, we know that God's righteousness is an aspect of his holiness, right? Uh, but to be more specific, the righteousness of God in its simplest form is to simply say this, that God is always right. That God is always right, you know, free bonus here. That's why we can trust him. Okay. But listen, that God is always right. Listen, I know this can be really hard for us to wrap our head around, but, but God doesn't have the ability to be wrong. Yeah. 
right? That, that literally that he doesn't have the ability to think a wrong thought, that he doesn't have the ability to have a wrong motive, that he's always pure, that he never speaks a wrong word, that his timing is always right on time, that his judgment and his justice are never wrong. And lastly, when he chooses to move, it is always with integrity and uprightness. Why? Because he is complete and perfect in his righteousness. So in essence of this, if I can maybe sum that up, is this, is that God is not defined by the term righteous as much as the term righteous is defined by God. Right? That he's not measured by the standard of righteousness. He sets the standard of righteousness. Amen? Amen? So listen, when we consider that, that God's always right, correct? It, that, that, and he's always perfect. All these things, right? It's really easy to understand uh, why Isaiah said this when he encountered God in Isaiah chapter 6. In other words, he comes into the, the presence of a righteous God and he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of lords. Or Lord of hosts, right? In the same vein, it also explains why Peter in Luke chapter 5 said this, that he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, which literally means get away from me, Jesus, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And what that sinful man, O Lord, means in the Greek language, for I am addicted to sin. Right? So you can see through those two, two verses, and like many others, what that is easy to see that when we have an encounter with the rightness of God, it immediately and quickly exposes our wrongness. Come on, hang in there with me today. Listen, it's true that even guys on our best day, right? There's not a single one of us in this room that can say that all of my words, all of my thoughts, all of my motives, all of my actions today were completely right. Yeah? Yeah, listen, we can't even get through a prayer time and nail that one. <laughs> yes? So listen, the Bible says this in Romans 3.10 along those lines. It says, and the scriptures agree. Get that, that all the scripture agree. For it is written, there is no one who always does what is right. No, not even one. <laughs> can't get more clear than that, can you? Free tidbit here. That's the, that's the portion of scripture I preached my first message on 23 years ago. There we go. Pretty awesome. Watch this. Romans 3, 19 goes on to say this. It says that every excuse will be silenced. In other words, you can't come to God and try to somehow give him a load of excuses of why you're not righteous. It doesn't work, right? And then it says this, with no boasting of innocence. So I can't come there with excuses, and I can't come in there and act like, I, you know, I got it so good, right? But, but think about some for a second, if I can pause there. How often do we say, well, Lord, you know, brother so-and-so, he does this, and he does that, and he does this, so God would you. Y'all with me today? How many people have I talked to about Jesus and they just say, well, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't do anything wrong to anybody. Your innocence doesn't work, bro. Right? It says this, and so that the entire world will be held accountable to God's standards. You know, so often we look around the room and we go, I'm good. But it's simply saying, look, we're going to be held accountable to God's standard, to God's righteousness. It says, for by the merit of observing the law. In other words, 
all of our work, says no one earns the status of being declared righteous before God. Are y'all with me? It says, for it is the law that fully exposes and unmasks the reality of sin. Once again, it's the law that shows our wrongness. So here's the point that I want to make today. You can lift your head up, all right? Let's circle all the way back to Romans chapter 1. And let's see why Paul said the gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. See, I personally believe the reason that Paul chose uh, that particular aspect of God's nature uh, is because he knew full well that unless a person has a face-to-face encounter like Isaiah, like Peter, with God's righteousness, it would be nearly impossible for them to open up their heart for the gospel and see their need for salvation. Are you all with me today? Listen, I don't, I don't know your story today. I know some of y'all's, but I don't know everybody's. But, but, but I do know this for myself. It, it was in the light of his rightness that caused me to be confronted with my own sin, my wrongness. Right? It was an awareness, a revelation. Uh, basically, that revelation alone that caused me to cry out to God for, for what? That he would save my soul. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Listen, it was in this sense, and I could tell you stories, and I won't, because I don't want to. I don't want to look back and glorify anything of the enemy. Okay, but 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 listen, through the light of the cross, I cannot tell you how many times I did something stupid as a young man that I'm ashamed of at this moment, right? That I'm embarrassed of, and I would do it, and then I would sit there. And basically, in light of God's righteousness, which I didn't know a whole lot about, conviction would come. It convinced me of my sin. It convinced me of my need for Jesus. Are y'all with me today? The good news is, maybe let me say it this way. Isn't that really why Jesus came? (laughs) All y'all looking all all gloomy. Look, look, there's more to righteousness than the hammer, okay? Yes? Listen to this. He clearly said this in Luke 5. This This is shortly after Peter falls on his knees. Get away from me, for I'm a sinful man. He says this. Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, those who think they're good, but sinners, those who know they're sinners, to repentance. Man, that's all of us. Amen? Amen. So listen, um, this is where it gets good. Look at, back at Romans 3. I'm giving you a lot of Bible today, I know, but, but sometimes you go, the Bible's going to talk a whole lot better than me. Amen. All the time. <laughs> okay? <laughs> says this in verse 22. It says, this is the righteousness that the scripture prophesied would come. Old Testament prophesied of the coming of Jesus. That it is God's righteousness made visible, revealed through what? Through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel, right? And then it says this, and now all who believe in him receive that gift. Somebody say gift. Yes. Now, what, what gift are we talking about here? What gift do we receive? It's the gift of righteousness, Man, grab a hold of that, the gift of righteousness. It says in verse 23, For we all have sinned and are all in need of the glory of God. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, please remember that word, okay? Declaration of his acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us. All because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. That's the best news you'll ever hear in your entire life. Half of y'all believe it. 
Let's look at how Jesus provided this. Keep reading, verse 22. I guess it wouldn't be verse 22. Um, 25. It says, Jesus' God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins. And now he is our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. We come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice. Watch that. That God's justice, that the perfect demonstration of it was, is that basically sent his son to die for us. Right? So, so watch this. When So often... Maybe say this way. When you read the Bible, the word righteous and the word just are the exact same. They just translate them different. So there is no difference, okay? And then it goes on and it says this. Verse 26. There was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy. Why? Because we all know sin's got to be punished, right? So what do you do? He offered up his own son. So now because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. Where then is there room for boasting? Do our works bring God's acceptance? Not at all. It was not our works of keeping the law, but our faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. Get that, our faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. So our conclusion is this, is God's wonderful declaration that we are righteous in his eyes can only come when we put our faith in Christ and not in keeping the law. I want you to notice something. According to scripture, uh, the righteousness of God condemns us only when we reject it. The righteousness of God only condemns us when we reject it, but it saves us when we accept it by faith. Look, today I know I'm teaching you, and, and I listen, there's a reason in this, okay? Yes? So watch this. Let me, let me break that down to kind of maybe explain this a little bit. Um, maybe pause for a second. There, there's some people in this room, man, you've been with Jesus, you've been walking with Jesus for 20, 30 years, but you've never really been taught. Yeah? You just know you needed God, so you kind of went in it. Okay? And then there's groups of people that obviously you've studied and you've, you've done all that and you've been taught really well. Okay? And then there's some other people in here that you haven't been with Jesus that long. You just knew that you needed to be forgiven. So I'm trying to tell you today, here's what happened for you. Yeah. All right? So, so, so we all have an idea of what we're really working from. Okay? So, so back to this, right? There's, once again, there's not a single person in this room that can argue that they have a sinless life. The Bible, in fact, says in 1 John, if you try to say that you're without sin, you deceive yourself, right? So, so once again, listen, we can go around the room, and, and, and it may vary in degree from, uh, you know, one person to another, but every single one of us in this room have fallen short of God's righteous standard, right? Every single one of us in some way. Watch this. And because God is righteous, because God is just, he has made it clear once again that all sin must not only be judged according to his standard, but ultimately punished and condemned. So, so you understand maybe what that means. Um, hop up real quick. Sandra here. Come here, Tommy. Sandra here. Hey, Sarah. Good morning. I didn't even see you sitting there. Um, so let's say this. Let's say I die, right? And, and we got... Jesus, all right? I fully expect Jesus to have a much better beard, but um, 
<laughs> I know, but I, listen, I, I pick on him so much, I, I wanted to put him in the good spot, you know, so that I was trying to encourage him, right? So, so, and then this is just old Tommy, right? It's just Tommy. It's just another guy. Watch this. When I stand before God, I'm not going to be judged according to good old Tommy's standard. I, basically, Jesus has set the standard. So my life is going to be basically put under the light of his righteousness, and that's what I'm going to be judged according. Once, okay, I'm just trying to make that clear. Not going like this. Well, you, you know, whatever. He got issues too. Right, right. Yep. You, you know, listen, listen, that's why, can I just say it's so foolish for people to say, I don't go to church because there are hypocrites there? Of course there is. Because we're all sinners, right? That have been saved by grace that thankfully he calls us a saint. Amen? Are you guys getting the picture here? All right, all right. So, so let me find out where I was. All right, here we go. Um, you guys can sit down. I mean, there's no need to stay beside me, Really? <laughs> Making me feel all uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> Watch this. So once again, so I'm going to be judged according to the standard of Jesus. Now, to a lot of people, that seems really harsh until we realize that, um, you know, basically that in his righteousness, part of his righteousness means that he's going to deal with everybody rightly, right? So his standard doesn't change. There's one standard, right? So, so watch this. Also, because he deals with us rightly, rather than punishing the entire human race, once again, out of his love, right? For us, he decided to send his son Jesus down the cross for us as our substitute. Jesus took our place, right? And watch this. Through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, watch this. Please don't miss this. Every single person in this room was offered uh, a divine exchange, Okay? You were offered a divine exchange. And by that, I mean this, that on the cross, he literally took on our unrighteousness. And in return, he has given us the opportunity to receive his righteousness. Right? That he took the sin of the whole world, past, present, and future, on him, on the cross. And the Bible says, uses a big word, it says, it uses the word propitiation. And what that means is that literally on the cross, the wrath of God was satisfied. Okay, the punishment that God had for sin, because he hates sin, was, was satisfied through what Jesus did, right? And so, anyways, there's a whole lot more going there, but I won't. But, but listen, be, because Jesus went to the cross and took our unrighteousness, offered this opportunity for his righteousness, uh, that's why no person can ever accuse God of being unjust. Why? Because he willingly took our place on the cross. He willingly took our place and died for us. See, that's why uh, Paul explained the divine exchange in this way. I hope you're not getting bored today because this is the core foundation of the gospel. All right. Second Corinthians 5, 21 says this. It says, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. If that doesn't cause gratitude to leap in your heart, check your pulse. Right? It says, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. Remember that tattoo. <laughs> Righteousness, right there. <laughs> so, watch this. How does that divine exchange, that union, how does it take place? The answer is pretty simple, guys. Everybody look in here. It's called faith. It's called faith. Notice it's not feeling, it's faith. Right. And faith is simply this. Faith is simply a response that says yes. Right. To all that God has done and all that God will ever do for us. All that he is. 
all that he did through the death, burial, and the resurrection, I say, yes, God, I receive that. Paul put it this way, Romans 4, 5 says, no one earns God's righteousness. Get that. No one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works. I hope you're hearing that. Common theme. But believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. Wow. It says, it is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. You get that. Watch this. That God literally came. Yes. Watch this. He deposited his righteousness into your life. That means this. Watch this. That when you and I receive Jesus by faith, right? We are this. Number one, this is what it means to receive the gift of righteousness. That we are accepted by God. We know that we're loved. We're saved, right? Watch this, that we are declared not guilty, acquittal, right? So, so if I can maybe pause there for a moment, uh, you know, when, when in the Hebrew language, okay, which obviously Jesus was a Jew, he was a Hebrew, they looked at the word righteous through the eyes of the way we would look at a courtroom, right? And so once again, when he says that you are not guilty, it's because why? If you paint the whole picture, right, of, of the Bible, that we know that there's an accuser of the brethren who's accusing us for all the sin that we've done, and Jesus steps in there and he simply says this, I've taken their place, they're not guilty, right? In other words, I did the time, right? I took the punishment. And so watch this. So by faith, what happens, we're released once again, not just, not just accepted, not just declared not guilty, but we're released from the penalty and the consequence of sin. Great news. That we're completely forgiven as if we had never sinned. Watch this. Once again, and we're clothed in righteousness. So what that means is this, is that one day when I stand before the Lord, guess what's going to happen? And I don't understand all this. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. That, when, that in essence, when I stand before the Lord as a believer... It's this. He's going to see Jesus and not me. Thank God for that. Right? Because I'm not that cute. <laughs> right? so, so watch this. That this is a real great part here that he, once again, he closes righteous, yes, but he also restores us back into the favor of God. Listen, that's why God's people should be some of the most blessed people on the planet. That's why we have to begin to think I'm no victim. Yes? I'm not a poor man, Right? Uh, the king, right, has given me a home, right? I have a seat at the table, amen? So, so listen, that, that we are, once again, we're brought into covenant. What does that simply mean, guys? It simply means this with covenant. It means that he who is greater approached me as the lesser. And what happened was is we came into covenant by the blood of Jesus. Okay, I'm giving you a short version here. And that all the resources of heaven are now made available to me. Yeah? So listen, poverty spirit has to go. Sickness has to go. Bondage of sin has to go. Depression has to go. All of those things go down the list. Why? Because I have a covenant. Yes, he promised me that. And I love what the Bible says. He said, my covenant I will not break with you. Amen, right? So listen, he brought, he brought us into covenant. He also did this. He freed us from the bondage of sin, right? That when the righteousness of God came, guess what? It broke the power of sin over your life. So if you're here today and you got some addiction, guess what? It doesn't belong. It's foreign. It, it, yeah. Right? It's not there because God hasn't done the job. Yeah. 
You know, Pastor Al and I were talking the other day, and, and we were talking about certain issues, and he made it really clear in our, in our chit-chat. People are there because they want to be there, because Jesus has done it, right? He, the Bible says this, that he died once and for all, for the righteous and the unrighteous. He died once. The work is done, right? There is no work in the future that he's going to do for you. He already did it. Amen. We just have to believe it by faith. But what I'm, what I'm so surprised about so often, and, I've, and I understand this because I do it too on certain things, that it's just that we have faith for salvation, but we struggle with faith with these things. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, everybody look here, please, is Romans 8.32. Hopefully I'm not boring you today. In, in Romans 8.32, it says, For if God did not spare his own son, how much more would he not also freely give us all things. We ought to read the book, gang. <laughs> yeah? Either we believe it or we don't. Yes? Listen, in short, what happens is this, is when the righteousness of God comes, what righteousness means for us is that he has simply made us right or in right standing before God. Do you get that? The, the reason, the reason as, a, as a young buck, when I was doing my own thing, running my own course, that I felt really unsettled because I knew in my heart I wasn't right before God. And here's the thing. Here's the truth, right? Um, I literally remember starting in the eighth grade. There, I, can't, I wasn't planning on sharing this. This may sound super dorky, all right? But, but, th but there, were, there were three things that I would pray every night. I would do this. Okay, you gotta understand, I'm 13 years old, okay? I, I would say, uh, um, dear God, this is Quentin's self, like he didn't know that, <laughs> right? And I, would, and I would pray, would you forgive me my sins and be the Lord of my life? There was conviction, right? And then I would say this, Lord, uh, don't let anyone die in my family, and Lord, don't let my house burn down. I don't know why I had that fear. And that year, my grandmother's house burnt down, and my aunt of 37 years old died. Right? And I didn't get it. Anyways, but here's what was so unique. I prayed that prayer from basically every night, every night, from like 8th grade all the way to like 12th, until I really met Jesus. And the difference was, is I didn't just say a prayer, but what happens is I actually believed what he did. <laughs> By faith, I was saved, right? And, I, and here's the key part. When you really have faith, you commit. Yes. You go all in. Yeah. And it wasn't until that, that point in my life that it wasn't a, oh, I blew it today and I'm not right with you, so oh, by the way, can you please forgive me? It was a, no, 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 no. I want to be changed. Yeah. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. And guess what happened? I changed yes. like that. Because why? Because once again, the righteousness of God came to live inside of me, yes. right? So, so watch this. If I could just say it this way, that he makes us right standing with God. And so you, when you and I stand, once again, I know it's a repeat, but we stand righteous before him as a pure son, as a pure daughter. And, and I guess that's why the Bible declares us what? As a new creation in Christ. It says that the old is gone and that the new has come. Everybody look in here. That guess what happened? That the unrighteousness is gone and the righteousness has come. Right? This is also why the Bible says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How can I be condemned when I've been free? Yeah. Right? When I've been declared not guilty. So 
you know, if we, if we stop, once again, 23 years now, whatever it is, walking with Jesus, there's kind of like this common themes that I hear with people when they give their lives to Jesus in light of all of that, of what it means to be righteous. And, and here's what I hear is simply this, a common response. They'll say this, man, I feel like a weight or a burden has been lifted off of me. Yeah. That, would, that was my response when I got saved. And the weight was is basically the, the guilt and the shame of sin. You know what I'm talking about? I say, oh, yeah. Yes. Listen, it was also this. Uh, how many people have I heard say, man, I just feel loved? Right? Man, man that in this one, I, I love this one. I feel clean. I feel forgiven. Right? All of those are marks or indications or proof, right? You could even say this. I've heard people say this. Man, I just love everybody now. <laughs> Why? Because the Bible says, how do we know we pass from life to death? Because we have love for the brethren. Right? So, so all of those are marks that something has changed, that you've really been born again. Right? In, in fact, last night I was, I was talking to my aunt, and, uh, and she said this. She basically said, my, mom, my mom's name is Sherry. She said something like, uh, she said, but Sherry has Jesus now, <laughs> and so she's not the same. Okay? So, because my mom got saved, I don't know, about almost 10 years ago now. And I, my response was, is I wish she had Jesus when I was growing up, <laughs> right? But she just laughed and said, I know. She go, and I said, well, you got to go home. I was home, yeah, right? I had to live with it. So anyways, but the mark my aunt was saying is, look, when she gave her life to Jesus, she changed. New creation, right? All right, so let me maybe say this to you, and then... I got a lot more, but we'll just land it. Maybe we'll do a part two here. But um, if I can add one thing to that list, I would simply say this, that through salvation, the Father not only, not only declared us righteous, I've said this several times already, but the very character and the very nature of the one who is righteous came to live on the inside of us. Watch this. Thus giving us the ability to live righteously. Y'all look here, please, right? What, what, what does that mean? It means this, that I begin to think like Jesus. I begin to talk like Jesus. I begin to walk like Jesus. I begin to act like Jesus. I begin to have motive, uh, motivations like Jesus. Am I, am I making sense? If, if there's parts of my life that aren't lining up with that, that means I haven't surrendered to his righteousness. Yes, and so, so here we are, it's, it's simply this, that not only does he, um, you know, once again, give us the ability to live righteously, guess what, he expects it of us. He expects it of us. There's a thing, guys, I've said a hundred times called holiness. Please, for the love of God, grab a hold of it. Right, please, right? Because here's the deal, that he expects us to uh, live righteously before him and with others, yes? And in other words, the best way I can say it, and I'll, and I'll, end on this, okay? I know today is so simple. But, but, but it's simply this thought is, is how else can we really say thank you? Yeah? I, li listen, as, as people who really believe that, really believe that, there's no such thing as taking advantage of that or abusing that. People who really believe that say, thank you. Now I'm going to live a life that brings glory to you. Yeah. Right? Th think about this. I'll, I'll end on this verse, and they don't have it, so I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it. It's Romans 12, 1. Okay? And it says this. It says, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, of everything we just talked about, what he did for you, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies 
as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is not singing a song. It's part of it. A significant part of it, right? They do it in heaven. Yeah. But, but, but listen, worship at its core is living a life that honors him. And I don't say any of that to beat you guys up. I say that to challenge you. Yes? yes. I say it to challenge you. So, so listen, stop making excuses. Yes? Please. I, I realize that nobody's going to be perfect. Okay? We all blow it. I blow it all the time. Ask my wife and my kids. Okay? We're pretty real and authentic people. Okay? And, and so, listen, nobody's perfect, but there's something inside of me that says this, man, I'm going to seek righteousness. Righteousness, yes, is a gift that's given, but it's also something that we seek, and that righteousness we seek is to become more like Jesus. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? So I think next week we'll talk about this. Uh, we'll talk about basically, the Bible talks about how God rewards the righteous. That he blesses the righteous. And so we'll talk about how God blesses you. Yeah? And, and, not, and listen, if there's something inside of you that, that gets frustrated when people talk about the blessings of God, then you're only believing half the gospel. Because he's a good father, right? Now, is that our motive of why we do things? No. But guess what? There should be a mark that we are different, right? That the favor of God rests on our life. I don't know about you, but I want the favor of God on my life. I, I want to be a blessed man, right? That's not why I serve Jesus, but, but that certainly is a really good benefit. Can y'all look at me and smile? Y'all just look like, hey, listen. Listen, it wasn't your quarterback yesterday that, that dislocated his hip and broke and your season's over. So y'all smile at me a little bit, all right? I've had two really rough weeks here, okay? And I'm, and I'm still happy, right? So, yeah. So, listen, do we believe the word today? Do we believe the word? Yes. So, so just for a moment, listen, if we can't just close our eyes. I, I remember being a young man and, and, and sitting in a small Baptist church, country Baptist church, and everybody in there was about 130 years old. Um, except me and my, like, I don't know, a few little friends. And, uh, but I remember that pastor would get up and, uh, and he would begin to sing the old hymn, Just As I Am. And listen, as, as a young guy, 16, really 15, 16, 17 years old, I've told you this before, but they would sing that song. And man, I'd feel like my heart was about to blow through my chest because I know I needed Jesus. I knew I was unrighteous. Right? I was just kind of going to church because my neighbor asked me to go. And, uh, but there was something inside of me that just wanted him. And I'm just saying today, man, today there's an opportunity. And, if, and I would encourage you, if you're here today and you're already right with God, it's a great time to pray. Okay? So, so for, for you guys that may be saying in this room today, man, I know I'm not righteous before God. And I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of trying to act like I'm innocent. Man, I know I need Jesus today. I need to make him the Lord and the Savior of my life. I, I need to have a divine exchange today with my unrighteousness, his righteousness. If that's you today, you say, man, I want to, by faith, accept what Jesus has done for me. Can you please lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Well, is there anybody else here today? Thank you, buddy. 
Is there anybody else in here that says, yeah, today's my day. Thank you. Anybody else? Amen. Can we all pray this today? If you can, help me out. Say, Father God, I come to you today and I confess my unrighteousness. But today, I believe that you're righteous. And that through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, you've given me a way to have a divine exchange with you. So today, I'm asking you, in the name of Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to wash me clean. I'm asking you to make me whole. I choose today to make you the Lord and the Savior of my life. Jesus, I want to live a life that's different, that honors you, that says thank you. Will you help me to do that in your name? Say something. Say, Father, I ask you to heal me of my past. Today, will you break off shame and guilt? Will you give me a new start that's full of joy and life that can only come from you? I receive it today by faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Let me pray for you really quick. Oh, in fact, if you're here today and you're just a family member and you know, man, this is a part I just need to apply the righteousness of God to. This area of my life, man, the righteousness of God needs to be applied to it. If that's you, just lift both hands. Come on, that could be in your thinking. It could be in your words. It could be in your motives. It could be in your actions. Yeah, my hands are up too. Father, today we're just asking in the name of Jesus that you would come and you would apply the righteousness which is only through Christ Jesus into our lives. Father, we thank you for the power of righteousness, the power, God, that breaks stuff off, stuff off of our lives, the, the righteousness that makes us a new creation fully in Christ Jesus. Lord, we want to be a people, God, as our hands are lifted, God, we want to be a people, God, who can honestly say that the devil doesn't have a hook in us. God, that we live a life, God, that's worthy, worthy of Christ dying for, a life that says thank you. So, Jesus, we just ask, God, whatever our individual thing is there, Lord, we pray for the power of righteousness to simply be released and to bring victory and to bring wholeness and to bring health in that area of our lives. Father, we thank you for just sending your son to die for us. Thank you for the continual love that you give for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.